for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is already anointed. I thank you that even, even the message that we're about to hear... God, you've already been giving it to us in different ways and showing it to us in different ways. I pray that it would all come together today, that we would catch a revelation and a glimpse of your power and your love, your mercy and your grace. Father, speak to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Please welcome our associate pastor, Pastor Gary. What I'm going to talk about today is the reason for Christmas. Because what Christmas is all about was was God himself coming down to earth and becoming fully human. That's why we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Because God left paradise. He left heaven. He was in a perfect place. Jesus was God the Son. He did not start to exist the day that he was born here on earth. But Jesus was fully God, fully the Son of God, living up in heaven with no problems, with the angels serving him, no pain, no tears, no hurt, just living up in heaven, having everything he wanted, and coming down from heaven and becoming not only fully God, but fully human. And that's what Christmas is about. Now, why did God become have to do that? Why did God have to become fully human? Well, I want to give four reasons today of why God left paradise, why he left the heavens to be born among sinful man, to be rejected and despised. And the thing about Christmas is we see all the pictures of the little baby and we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But the news is that Jesus is not a baby in a manger anymore. See, people have no, no problem celebrating the birth of Jesus in a bar or in a club and wake up drunk somewhere and say, I was celebrating the birth of the baby. But we have to contend with more than that. He's not that baby anymore. But he's gr- he grew up. So the first reason that I want to talk about of why Jesus came, why he left heaven to become born on earth and go through the pain and the suffering that he went through was because he had to come to, to earth and become human in order to become your representative. Because all of humanity was destined for hell because of sin. Every one of us was born into sin. But God wasn't willing to leave us that way. God doesn't want any one of us to die without him. God doesn't want any one of us to live without hope. And he himself was willing to come down and pay the price. It says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 12, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. 
For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. And that baby grew up and died on the cross. And the reason was <clears throat> that that was the only way that we could have fellowship with God. That's the only way that we can have a hope of heaven. The only way that we could live forever in his presence. And he was willing to pay the price. It said in Isaiah 52 that his face was so disfigured he seemed hardly human, and from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. That's how beat up he was. He was so abused, so beat up, that if you looked at him, he was nothing like those pictures you see. You know the pictures, they go in people's houses, and they show a picture of Jesus, and he's all radiant, and all nice and clean with the trimmed beard. The Bi what the Bible says was that he was marred beyond recognition. Nobody would have recognized him. He got so beat up and abused and whipped and tortured. Now, why did he do that? The Bible said he could have called down the angels and they could have stopped it. And the reason was somebody had to die for your sin and he didn't want it to be you. The wages of sin is death. In other words, every one of us here deserved what Jesus had because every one of us is sinners. Every one of us deserved hell. Every one of us deserved eternal punishment and damnation. None of us deserved heaven. But there wasn't one who could live the perfect life. There's not one who could go through a whole lifetime without sin. How many of you can go through a couple hours without sin? then you're way ahead of me. So Jesus himself came, and he hung on the cross. And while he hung on the cross, every evil thing that you ever did, everything about you that you feel is unlovable, everything about you that you feel is ugly, he took it on himself on the cross, and he died for you. He took the punishment. But it had to be a man. It had to be somebody like us. It had to be someone who went through every experience we went through, but yet lived a perfect life. And you know what God did? He took all your sin, every evil thing you've ever done, every failure, every fault. He placed it on Jesus on the cross, and he took the perfect sinless life that Jesus led, and if you've got Jesus in your heart, if you've been born again by the Spirit of God, he took that life that Jesus led, the perfection, and he, he gives it to you. And when God looks down on you, he sees Jesus. Maybe you've messed up. Maybe, maybe you've failed. But if, you're truly, if you've truly got the Spirit of God in you, when God looks at you, he sees the life of Jesus. Before God, we're perfect. He's not fooled. He still deals with our sin. He deals with our shortcoming. He deals with our rebellion as any father would. But when he looks at you, because of what Jesus did, he, see, he sees you as perfect. He sees you as beautiful. 
So that was the first reason why Jesus had to come to be born, why he had to come down to earth, why he was willing to pay the price, even, even when nobody wanted him, even when people were cursing him and abusing him. He said, I'm still going to the cross. I'm still going to die for that person who hates me. And he refused to give up. He refused to quit. He refused to turn back. Because he couldn't bear the thought of living for, for all eternity without you. When, you. when he was dying on the cross, every one of you was on his mind. And he said, I'll pay any price. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to be beaten and tormented and marred and disfigured because I love them so much. See, that's the story of Christmas. It's not only about a cute little baby, but it's, a, it's about a man named Jesus who was willing to do anything it took just to have your heart, just, just to save you, to save you from, from e eternal hell. That we can know for sure that even if we die right now, that we would be in the presence of God, not because of anything we've ever done, but because Jesus came and he took your place. He took your, he took your suffering. So that's the first reason why Jesus came to be, to be born as man. The, se the second reason that Jesus came is to because he wanted to reveal who the Father is. He came to reveal who God is. What Jesus said was, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Colossians says that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. See, up to that time, people were afraid of God. People had an image of God as somebody who is so scary and, and and couldn't be approached. But Jesus came in order to paint a face on God. When you read about Jesus, that's who God is. I want to read this, uh, these verses from the Old Testament. Actually, it's in the New Testament, but it talks about the Old Testament. And it talks about when God came down on the mountain to give the Ten Commandments. And, and this is what it says. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. For they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. They staggered back under God's command. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Moses himself was frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and trembling. And that's, for many of you, that's your picture of God, that you can't come near him. It's like a mountain that can't be touched. When you think of God, you think of lightning and thunder. You think, you think that you're going to be hurt. I, a few weeks ago, I asked the children in the academy, how many of you have in your mind that, that when God thinks about you, that, you're dis, that he's displeased or angry. And I would say every one of them raised their hand. And I bet if I did that right here and right now, if I asked you the question, how many of you think that God's not pleased with me? How many of you would say, 
And you know, don't raise your hand, but how many of you would say, when God thinks of me, he's frustrated, he's upset. But see, Jesus painted another picture that God loves you, that he's merciful towards you. He's not, again, he's not ignorant about our sin, but it, he showed the heart of God. Jesus painted a face on God to show that we can approach God. He's not like that scary mountain with, filled with darkness and thunder and lightning. Get that picture of God out of your mind. He painted a picture of God as someone with a glad heart, with a joyful heart, filled with love, always looking to redeem, always looking to forgive, always seeking to bring you back, always, always ready to bless, always ready to heal. That's why one of the reasons Jesus had to come as a man, because he wanted to show us who God really is. He came, he showed how God hates religion. He hates phoniness. He hates ritual and tradition. How God hates hypocrisy, but he loves authenticity. That he loves the people of God to be real. He hates manipulation and control. Anything of religion, Jesus came. The only people that Jesus confronted were those religious people. The only people he spoke harshly to were the people who said, we're the people of God, but yet we're hypocritical, acted one way in church and another way outside. He, it's not that he hated the people, but he hates that system. He loves, he loves the people. But see, he showed us the heart of God. When, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. If you see the love of Jesus, how he was, he's worked day and night blessing and healing people. That, that's the heart of God. And it says, do not be afraid to approach God, but come boldly into his presence. Did you know that you can come into the presence of God? It doesn't matter what your past was. Maybe, maybe you've messed up in the last few days. You haven't read the Bible lately like you should. Maybe you haven't prayed the way that you should. But the Bible says we can come into the presence of God boldly and he'll cleanse your heart. And, and he'll wash away the past. And he'll restore you. Oh, never run away from God. When you fail, always run to God. A lot of people tell me, well, I haven't been in church lately because I've been messing up. And I don't want to be a hypocrite, so I stay home. Always run to God. Never be afraid to come to the church when you messed up. The Bible says that the arms of God are wide open, and Jesus showed that. Well, more than any other thing, he was criticized for for sitting among the prostitutes and the criminals and the tax collectors, trying to restore them, trying to bring them back. And that's the heart of God. He revealed the true heart of God. That's who God is. Don't, you don't have to be afraid. Maybe one reason that he did come as a baby, so that we wouldn't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid of God. Don't be afraid to come to him. No matter what you've done, he's always willing. He's always, he's always ready to forgive when we turn from our sin, when we turn from our wickedness. When, when we leave our rebellion behind, we just have to come boldly. The Bible says come boldly into his presence. It, isn't that good news? It, isn't that good news that, that we always have full access to God? And that, that's what Jesus showed us. What it was Jesus doing where the disciples found him with chills surrounded by children. He carried children in his arms. When you, if you have a picture of God, that's a, that's a tremendous picture. Even in your immaturity, he still accepts you. There, there was a story in the Bible when, when all the disciples, even though they were new Christians, they went out and they were healing the sick, they were doing ministry, and they came back, and it says that the heart of Jesus rejoiced over them with great joy, even though they were babes, even though they were immature, even though they still messed up. If you read the New Testament, you read about all the mistakes the disciples made, all the dumb things that they said, how, how they continually messed up. But yet, what does the Word say? that the heart of Jesus was full of joy. Isn't that more good news, that the God who is your judge is, is not an angry, bitter person? That, that the one who's going to judge you, that he, he's not full of hatred and anger? You know, you know what the Word says? That God doesn't even delight in the destruction of the wicked, that he takes no pleasure even, even when people are evil, and God has to bring judgment, even then he doesn't delight in that. E even then his heart is broken and wounded. And, and that's God. So some of us need to change our image of God. He's not just a big scary being like in the Old Testament where the ground would open up and people would fall in and go straight to hell. You know, there was a story like that in the Old Testament. But when Jesus came, he showed, he showed the grace of God, the love of God. And again, I'm going to keep qualifying this. I'm not saying that God says, well, just live any way you want. It's okay, as we've been hearing every week through the sermons. That it's not okay to just say, well, well, God is loving and forgiving, so I'm going to go out and, and do, live any way I want and then come into church. That's not what I'm talking about. Because God will deal with that. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about his heart. His heart is for you. His heart is to see you come into the fullness of joy. And, and Jesus showed that when he walked on the earth. The third reason why, why Jesus had to come to earth to be and to live as a man was to give us an example of how to live. As I said before, even though he was still fully God, 
He still had the nature of God, but when he came, he came fully human, and he went through everything that we'd have to go through, and he gave us an example. He gave us an example of how to keep on going. He gave us an example of how to forgive, how not to get offended, how to live our lives. See, in some way, every one of us is supposed to be an example, especially especially if someone's a leader. See, if someone tells me that they want to be a leader in the church, here's to me what they're saying. And this is for anyone here just saying, well, I want to be a leader. I want to be a pastor. I want to head up a ministry. What you're really saying is, I want to be an example to the people of God. That's what a leader is. A leader is someone who says, if you want to know how to treat your wife, look at me. If you want to know how to speak to people, look at my life. And even when I mess up, you can see me at the altar repenting. You can see me how I ask for forgiveness. See, that's what leadership is. And But every one of us is called to be an example to other people. But let me, let me tell you something I found through the years of being a Christian. I've been disappointed many times looking at, looking at leaders. Many times I, I've looked up to people just to find out, just to find their name in the paper, even up to a few months ago. Someone that I really looked up to, somebody that that I sent money to every month, someone who really ministered to me, and I used their life as an example. I started reading on the Internet how how they failed, how they've fallen. Too many times man will fail you. How many of you have been disappointed? You looked at someone for leadership or an example and found out they're not who how you thought they were. But there's a God who's not like that. See, Jesus never failed. You can, if you need to know how to live, if you need to know how to treat people, if you need to know how to pray, how to love, you can look at Jesus. Even now, you can keep your eyes on God because he's perfect. He'll never fail you. And Jesus came, and he was an example. He was an example of being a servant. He was an example of of walking a holy life, not wounding people, not tearing people up, but loving, constantly forgiving, constantly persevering. And the life that he led, he didn't live under his own godly power, but the Bible said that he emptied himself of the power and glory that he had in heaven and choose to live just like us, totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. Because you, every one of you, you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Spirit of God in you. So you don't have to do it alone. We could do it just like Jesus did. Follow his example. Even when men might fail you. I learned not to, to stop putting my trust in man. I I could look up to people. They could fall one after the other. It's not going to stop me anymore. I don't care how much I looked up to the person. The church where I first got saved, where I first gave my heart to the Lord, 
Three months later, the pastor in that church left his wife to marry another woman in the church after three months. I was already started to get disappointed just a few months being a Christian. And I've seen it over and over again. But man's not going to stop me anymore because I have a perfect example of Jesus. It doesn't matter... It doesn't matter how I I get to know people and they don't live up to the image that I had to them. Because Jesus, he's perfect in every way. And you can look at his life and you can know that you could live just like him. And the fourth reason that Jesus came down and this is the one that I really want to focus on. The reason why Jesus came to be born among man. The reason why Jesus was willing to endure the suffering. I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but he we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet was without sin let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need in other words if you're hurting if you've been wounded if you've been broken there's a God up in heaven that understands. It says that he's a high priest. What does high priest mean? It means he stands in heaven and he prays for you night and day. He looks at your life. He knows every hurt, every wound. And he, and he can sympathize because he went through everything that you've ever gone through. He's gone through it. See, on Thursdays, I'm part of a ministry that goes into the housing projects, and we go and we visit the families, and people say, well, what do you know? You've never been through this. You never had to go through what I've gone through. I say, it doesn't matter what I've gone through. There's a God. See, there's Jesus. And he's gone through everything that you've ever gone through, every hurt, every wound you've ever had. Jesus went through that and worse. He knows your tears. He knows your pain. He knows your suffering because he went through it himself. And that's one reason why he was willing to do it. He can identify with every rejection. With every every hard thing, every trial, every tribulation, every rejection in your life, there's a God that's been through it and says that he can sympathize with us. There's a God that we can come to that can understand because his heart was broken many times. In fact, I'm going to ask Stacy to get ready, but... That was his very ministry. Isaiah 61 tells us what the ministry of Jesus was. And I read this before in church, but it says, um, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, 
and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That was the ministry of Jesus. That's what drove him. That was his heart, to take those who have been broken and wounded and battered by life and rejected and abandoned and begin to take all the ashes and all the hurt and all the pain and create beauty. And I'm going to, Stacy is going to come up right now and she's going to give us a, a picture of just what that means.
Amen. I just want to read this about Jesus from Isaiah 53. It says, There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. See, he can identify. He was abused. He was broken. Just as I look over everyone here, I just see so, so many of you. You've been bruised. Your heart's been broken. Just see, you know what happened to Jesus in his time of need? What his friends did? Just when he needed them the most, his friends who said, I'll be there with you to the end. I'll never leave you. As soon as he got into trouble, they all took off. How many of you have gone through that? How many of you have been with people say, I'm with you to the end. And then when you need them, when things get hard, they take off. Well, Jesus can sympathize because he's been through it. How many of you have been wounded, deeply wounded by people? You know what happened to Jesus as he, as he hung on the cross? It says in Isaiah 53, he was humiliated and received no justice. In his greatest time of hurt, in his greatest time of need, as he hung on the cross, people were mocking and laughing at him. And he received no justice. And for many of you, you've gone through that. Life hasn't been fair. People have taken advantage of you, and there's been no justice. Well, God understands because he's been through it. We can't go to God and say, well, you're up there. You don't understand what I'm going through. God, you're, in the, you're up in heaven and I'm here. I've heard Christians say that. Well, that's a lie because he went through it all. He didn't just tell you how to live. He came down from heaven to show you the way. From the time he was a baby... They tried to kill him. Did you know from the time he was two years old, the king was out to get him, was out to destroy him? And that's happened to some of you. Some of you have been badly abused even as a little child because the enemy's been out to destroy you. He wants to steal the destiny on your life. But some of you, there's been no justice. Life has been, hasn't been fair. People have gotten away with a lot of junk. They've hurt you. And when you go to speak to someone, they turn their back on you, just like what happened to Jesus. There's nothing, there's nothing in your life that you could say, I've been through it. And, and God doesn't know what it's like. 
You have, there's a man up in heaven right now who's fully God but fully man, and he knows you. He understands the hurt. He understands the abuse. He understands the tears. And you could come to him with, with your hurt and your pain. And just like this song, maybe you have a porcelain heart. It seems like you're always getting broken. Maybe it's even people in your own family. Maybe your own husband or wife. Maybe your own parents. Well, God understands. Even his own brothers mocked and laughed at him. They made fun of him, said, called him crazy. His own brothers. He's your high priest. He stands in heaven all day, and he knows what you're going through, and he's praying for you. He's with you. Even when you falter, even when you fail, he's still with you. He's, he sticks closer than a brother. And he had to come down and be born. Such, such a loving God. There's no greater love story. I don't care what movie you can go watch. Than a God who, is, who could have spent all eternity with no pain, no suffering. Just enjoying heaven. Being up there. Being served. But he couldn't stand to see your pain. He couldn't stand to see your hurt. He couldn't stand to see the injustice and the abuse anymore. He said, I'm going to come down. And that's what Christmas is about. It's not all about parties and, and carrying on. But it's about looking at the great love of God who gave up everything that he had just so that he could gain your love. And so that, so that he can sympathize with you, with every hurt, every pain. And, and it tells us in Isaiah 61 that I read before, that he's going to bring beauty in your life from every hurt, every abuse, everyone that's hurt you, every time when life hasn't been fair, and some of you have been ready to give up. Some of you feel alone. Well, you know that Jesus felt alone. And he hung on the cross. His friends all deserted him. And the people around him were saying, If you're God, come down from that cross. But in his great love for us, in his great compassion, he said, I don't care. You can't make me stop loving you. Do you know there's nothing you could do to make God stop loving you? He's not like us. See, we'll stop loving someone if they fail us one time, we write them off. You can't get God to stop loving you. He paid the full price. He did everything that he could, and you have a God that understands. Even when Jesus was here on earth, it says, it's the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. He wept over the hurt. He wept over the people. He knows what you're going through right now, and he's weeping over your situation. Not because of the situation's hopeless, but because he's, he feels your hurt. He feels your pain. Every tear, every abuse, every wrong word of in, injustice that's been spoken over you, every accusation that's been spoken over your life. 
He's been there, and he, and he feels the pain. He feels the hurt. We, we have a God in heaven that understands. I'm, I'm going to ask Melissa to come up if, someone, if Mark could bring her. In, in your time of need, you can come to God. We, we, don't need to, we don't need to run away from Him because Jesus showed us to be confident, to come boldly into His presence and say, God, I'm here again. And keep on pressing in. Keep on knocking. Don't give up because He loves you. I'm going to ask Melissa to come right now. And this is what I want to do first. Before we do the song. If you can identify in any way with what I just said, and I'm the first one. See, I've been wounded, struck down. You name it, it's happened. And I constantly got to go to God. If you can identify with that right now, if you in your life, if you've been wounded, if you've been rejected, if you've been hurt, if there's been injustice against you, then I want you to stand because we want to sing this song over your life. So I'm just going to ask you to stand with me right now because I'm standing here because I've been hurt. I've been rejected and wounded. And, and for those of you who chose to, we're not going to pray and lay hands unless somebody wants prayer. Because we already did that. So if you still want prayer, see Merck here, he'll stand for six hours. He don't give up. He'll, we'll keep praying. But I, I just saw a picture of the ministry today. Just Melissa singing this song over you. So if you choose to, I, I'm just going to ask you, just to, if you want to, to come up here with me, just as she sings the song over you, or you could stay in your seat. But, but if you really need God right now to heal your heart, I, I, I just saw in the Spirit that there's going to be an anointing released through the singing. So if you're saying, especially today, I, I need healing in my heart, I'm just, I'm just going to ask you to come all... You can receive ministry where you are. But I, I just believe as Melissa sings this song that, that there's going to be a release, that there's going to be a supernatural healing that's going to take place.
He is waiting with open arms, and I see once again He's been faithful. back his love and mercy I see though in my heart I have questioned even failed to believe yet he's been faithful faithful to me the days I spent so selfishly reaching out for what pleased me still my God he was faithful to me when my heart it looked away the very times I could not pray even then my God was faithful to me. And every time I come back to him, he is waiting with open arms, and I see once again that he's been faithful, I'm going to ask, um, again, we're not going to stand here and pray for people, but those on the prayer team, I'm going to ask you to come up. Not, not to begin to uh, extend the time of prayer, but I'm going to ask Melissa to sing this song again. And as she sings, I just want you to go, just, just as a point of contact with the love of God, they're just going to come and just put a hand on you, just touch you on the shoulder. And I believe healing is going to be released because there's power in worship. And, and I believe that that anointing that's flowing through Melissa right now is going to touch every one of you as we sing this one more time. So I just want to release those in the leadership and the prayer team just to walk among the people and just place a hand on them and just release what Melissa is singing, the faithfulness, the unconditional, passionate love of the Father. He's been faithful, faithful to me. In my moments of fear, through every pain, every tear, there's a 
God who's been faithful to me. And when my strength was all gone, when my heart had no song, still my God, he was faithful to me. Every time I come back to him, he is waiting with open arms, and I see once again, he's been faithful, faithful to me, looking back, his love and mercy. my heart I have questioned I've even failed to believe yet he's been faithful faithful in my heart I have questioned I've even failed to believe but he's been faithful been so faithful to me. Amen. I'm just going to pray and then we're just going to close in worship. So Father, I just pray right now for everyone who's standing, Lord God. Those, Lord God, whose hearts have been broken, Lord God, who's been wounded, Lord God, abused, been lied to, Father, there's been injustices against your people, Lord God. Your people have been, have been misused, Lord God. People have had wrong words, angry words spoken over them, God. Those of you who have been sexually abused, molested. I just released the healing balm of Gilead. I released the healing power of God into your heart. Right now, in Jesus' name, that, the that there would be beauty in your life for all the ashes, for all the hurtful memories, everything of the past, all the damage, every place of rejection, every place of shame in your life, every place where you've been battered and bruised, where life has struck you down, where you've been pressed in by, e by every side where you've been perplexed. You can't understand what's happening. It doesn't make sense to you. I just release the healing of God right now. Right now, in Jesus' name, the anointing of Jesus to heal the brokenhearted. I just speak healing into your heart. I release it now, in Jesus' name. Right now, every memory, I wipe it away. Every hurtful memory of the past, Every blow that you've received, I just release healing in Jesus' name. And I speak a new beginning over you, that you will leave today in the newness of the Spirit, that just as Jesus came down from heaven and was born to bring a new beginning on earth, that he's being born in you right now. He's being reborn through your life, and there's new things for you. There's a new season, 
a new day, a time of joy and peace and happiness. Isn't that what the angel said? Isn't that what we sing about? Joy to the world. Don't we sing about peace on earth to all those who believe? So I just release that peace to you. Just receive it. Just lift up your hand to God right now. Receive the peace of God. Receive the joy of the Lord. Jesus said, I give you true joy. And I just release it to you right now, right now in Jesus' name. That you will leave here today with a new beginning. That everything, I wash away the past. Because there's a God, and he went through it all with you, and he brought you through. Some of you wonder, how how did I make it till now? How come I didn't die a long time ago? There's been many situations for some of you where you should have been dead, but the Lord kept you alive because there's a purpose. There's a destiny. There's a work for you. And I just release that right now in Jesus' name. The blessings of the Most High, which is the true meaning of Christmas. So let's just close right now by worshiping God. supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.